Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warned you before. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there, are, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So look, as you notice, we were worshiping, singing. And there is one thing that we need to understand today before we speak about anything else. Is that if you don't have a life in the Spirit, if you don't welcome the Holy Spirit every single day in your life, and if you don't speak to Him, if you don't invest in this relationship with the Holy Spirit, you cannot walk in the freedom that God has for you. Amen. And I'm going to touch on the subject today, and I'm going to speak about this. And while I speak, I hope that you get to understand and see where we are trying to go. We are trying not to lead you to try to overcome the flesh or try to just be free from the law by yourself in your own effort, but we are trying to lead you to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Our desire is that you may walk in the Spirit. So the first thing that I want to talk is you have been free from the law. You know, Pastor Raph has been preaching about Galatians for the past four months, as I told you. And the main subject of Galatians is this freedom. You know, you're supposed to enjoy this freedom. You, you, you're not supposed to go back to the law again, trying to please God in your own efforts. And what is the law? This law that you should be free from, and I hope you know this by now, but the law is everything that I have to do in order to be accepted by God. So the law is everything that I try to do as a human being to please God, to be accepted by God. And we are telling you today, and we have been telling you for the past months, that you are not supposed to live in, the, in this lifestyle trying to, you know, God, please accept me. And every single day you try to be better. You try to be holier. And you try to work, you know, your, your flesh, trying to change it, trying to do something to please God. And God is looking at you. You're trying to do something that only I can do for you. You know, I, I hope you understand this. But when you try to fix your flesh and your sinful nature, you need to understand that now it's flesh trying to fix flesh. 
is a sinner trying to fix sin. And you cannot do that. We cannot fix ourselves. Only God can fix us. And the problem of the law is that we try to fix ourselves. But that's also the good thing of the law. Because the law wants to tell you how you should behave before God. The law is portraying to you what God wants you to be. Hopefully that you will come to the point of understanding, I cannot do that. And now grace comes in. And what is grace? Grace is what God does for me. Amen. So law is what I do. Grace is what God does. Amen, church. So where do you want you to be? We want you to be in grace. God wants you to be in grace. God wants you to step into this place where you trust in God and God alone. That you stop trying to work yourself out to become like Christ, but you receive Christ and believe in Christ, and now you can walk like Christ. Amen. We are under grace. We are not under law anymore. And that's what Paul is trying to speak to the Galatians. And he keeps speaking about this. When you start to making law, creating laws for you again, you are enslaving someone who has been free by Christ. I'm trying to create laws for someone who Christ has set free already. And that's what we try to do many times as Christians. You know what? Let me try to behave better next week. Let me try to not go on my phone again, not go on my computer again, not stay alone into this place, not go out with this group of people anymore, so then I can stop sinning. Let me tell you something. If you stop doing all these things, you know, if you stop hanging out with the wrong people, if you stop, you know, staying alone in place that you shouldn't stay, if you stop buying things that you shouldn't buy, I guarantee to you that this will help. This will help you be better probably, you know, overcome or maybe just, just not go back to that habit, that sinful habit that you used to have. But I can guarantee to you that you will never truly overcome. As soon as you face that again, you'll feel the urge, the temptation will be so great that you might not be able to overcome. And I'm saying this to you because all of us, we have tried. We have tried ourselves to overcome sin. We have tried ourselves to, to be like Christ. But the Bible is saying to us, you know, Paul is saying to the Galatians, stop trying to do that. Stop trying to go back to the law when Christ has already set you free. Amen. So what is the use of the law? The law is just to show to you all your transgressions. The law is good. The law is perfect. The law is amazing. But you're not supposed to walk by the law anymore. So the law is good for what? To show you all of us, husbands, wives, you know, my youth, my college students, that you can't be holy by yourself, that you cannot earn righteousness, that righteousness was given by God to you, that you cannot fulfill all the commandments of God. So the law is to show you that unless you are humble enough to know that you cannot, God cannot change you. God cannot help you. So there are people that they will recognize that they are not good enough. There are people that they'll recognize that, God, you know what? I couldn't fulfill your requirements. God, I cannot fulfill this, this, you know, this, this requirements that I keep creating for myself. But you know what, God? I don't think it is impossible yet. So you think that it's hard, that you cannot, but not to the point that you truly realize that there's nothing that you will do to be able to fulfill these laws and regulations that you create. So you say, you know, this was not possible, but maybe I can overcome these other things in my life by myself. But God wants you to come to the point that you are so broken 
so destroyed, so I'm going to say this, really messed up, that you got to say, God, you know what? I tried everything, but I couldn't do it. But there is another way. You don't need to go to this point. You can just come right now and realize that you cannot. Just the way you are, you know that you might think that you might be able to, but let's just do this right now. Let's just realize that we cannot. And as soon as we realize that we cannot, now God can operate. Now God can use us. Now God can come and fix those things that need to be fixed in us. You know, you need to understand that God requirements have never changed. However, thanks be to God, because he is the law giver, but he's also the law keeper in our hearts. Amen. So the same God that gave us, that gave us the requirements, that gave us these laws and regulations, he is the one that will keep it. He's not asking you to keep it. He's not asking you to fulfill the law. He's not asking you to fulfill the requirements. So please stop trying. Just give up. Just know that you're weak, that you cannot and unless you do that, you cannot walk in this freedom. Now, one other thing that you need to understand, th that's why Paul is saying, you are free from the law. So now don't walk by the flesh. Don't try to perform the works of the flesh. And he's going to show you the results of the work of the flesh, of you trying to, to fulfill the law by yourself. But here's one thing that you need to understand, that you are a spirit, and your spirit was saved, was, it was born again. But your flesh never was and never will. Your flesh is not going to heaven. Your flesh cannot be saved. Your flesh does not experience conversion. And some Christians, they think that in their flesh, they can also please God and walk in righteousness. But God is saying, you can only be righteous in the spirit. You can only walk in righteousness in the spirit. So, so Romans 7, 18 says like this. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. So look, church, you need to understand that your flesh will not go to heaven. That this mortal body is not going to heaven with you. It's staying here. You're receiving a new body, a new, a new glorified body. My flesh is good for nothing. My flesh has no good at all for me. So why am I trying to live by the flesh, I don't know, but all I can tell you is that true, mature Christians and believers, they have discovered one thing, the inability to do God's will in the flesh. You know, true, mature Christians, they recognize that fulfilling God's will and purpose in my flesh, it's impossible. That's why so many pastors burn out. That's why so many people don't want to lead because they try to be great leaders. You know, let me pray more today because it's life group. Let me fast today because I have to share a word. Let me, you know, let me do this thing so God can, all, and can actually use me. You know, let me bargain with the Holy Spirit so, can he, so he can speak through me. And one day, nothing happens. One day, there is no move of God. One day, there is no powerful miracle. And one day, people just stop coming to your life group for whatever reason. They have to work, whatever. And now you blame yourself. You say, what? If I have prayed more, if I have done more, if I have gone after these people more. No, can I tell you something? If you have asked the Holy Spirit to move, he would have moved. If you have rely on the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, I cannot change no hearts. I cannot change them. I cannot convince them to believe in you, but I believe that you can. You know, as soon as you release to the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, I cannot preach. 
I cannot minister, but Holy Spirit, I know that you can, so use me today. Minister through me today. Just, just do the things that I cannot do. Holy Spirit, you see things that I don't see. You know things that I don't know. And as soon as you step into this place that is all the Holy Spirit, now you can lead with joy, with boldness. You are not afraid anymore. You're not looking at yourself and thinking, what do I have or don't have? You know what? You know, I need to get better. I need to, to grow more in these areas. Then I can lead. You know, that's the greatest lie the devil has ever told you. You know, the devil will tell you, don't get baptized unless you get better. Don't get baptized unless you fix your flesh. And again, I'm telling you, Romans 7, 18, for there is no good, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in your flesh. Stop trying to fix your flesh in order to fulfill God's purpose. Stop trying to fix your flesh in order to get baptized. Stop trying to fix your flesh in order to be used by God. It's the opposite. You come to God and your flesh will be destroyed. Your flesh will be, will be taken out of the equation. The flesh is still alive, but now it's powerless because you are in God, because you focus in God, because you walk in the Spirit. Amen, church. Amen. So can I tell you something? Real men and the woman of God, they come to this place really fast. They try in the beginning, you know, you be, in the first moments that you became a Christian, you thought you could do all things. You know, in the first three months of your Christian walk, you were on fire. And you were praying every day. You were reading every day. But one day you just got tired. Oh, I'm so bored today. Oh, Jesus, no, my old life was so cool. And, you, and the devil started lying to you, saying all these things. And then for some reason, you just notice that, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. And you give up. But here's the thing. Give up on trying to do God's will on your own. But don't give up on the life that God has for you. Give up understanding that, really, I cannot fulfill God's purpose on my own. I need the Holy Spirit today. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I need you. Otherwise, I'm powerless. Otherwise, nothing will happen. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you believe in the Holy Spirit, that he's the one doing through you, I can guarantee that there will be power of God. There will be life of God. Amen. The law is spiritual, but we are natural. We are carnal. So the law can only be fulfilled when we are in the right realm, in the realm of the spirit. So the thing is, we try to fulfill the law of God in the flesh, but you can only fulfill the law of God in the spirit. The spirit and the law are not opposites. On the contrary, the Spirit imprints the law on us and leads us to fulfill it. Amen, church. So some of us, we think that there is the law on one side and the Spirit in the other side. But that's not how it works. The Spirit is in the law. The Spirit wants to fulfill the law. The Spirit desires to fulfill the law of God. The Spirit is not against the law. The Spirit is against the flesh. The spirit is fighting against the flesh, not fighting against the law. That is why you need to be in the spirit first in order to fulfill the law. You need to be humble. You need to acknowledge that you cannot. Husbands, the reason why you're not a good husband is not because you have not tried yet. It's because you have not acknowledged that you cannot be on your own. Wives, the reason why you might not be a great wife yet is not because you have tried everything, but you just cannot. You know, I cannot, Pastor. I I am like this. You know, I, I, that's how I was. That's how I was raised. I believe 
believe in these things, no one would change me. That's your problem. You're not humble enough to recognize that you don't know everything. You are not humble enough to recognize that only the Holy Spirit can make you a better wife, a better husband, a better children. Amen, guys. So believe in this. Some of us, we think, you know what? I have failed, and all my failures, they're horrible. Look how many mistakes I have made against people, against myself. Use these failures to recognize that you cannot. You know, use the failures, your sins, your mistakes to recognize that, wow, I have failed so many times. So that means that I cannot fulfill the law on my own. I cannot please God on my own. I have tried, so now just give up. You know, you can look at your failures to, to define you, but, but also you can, use, you can look at your failures to understand that you cannot do it. This is not who I am. This is not who God wants me to be, but right now I'm behaving like this because I do not yet believe in God alone. My heart is not placed in the Spirit. My heart is not being moved by the Spirit, but my own flesh. Amen. Don't wait for you to reach the end of yourself. For you to reach the, 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 the deepest place of the, the don't, don't wait for you to hit rock bottom. Thank you so much, bottom. Don't wait for you to go down that far to recognize that you can't. No. You know, when you see how deep is the hole, just, hey, you know what? Can't do it. I'm going back. Jesus, I see that it's too deep and I don't want to get hurt. I know it's going to be messed up. I know it's going to get crazy. Can I tell you something, church? That's why so many young people become Christians and are in passion, in love with Jesus in our church. Because from the beginning, we tell them, stop trying on your own, man. Just believe in Jesus. Just believe in the Holy Spirit. First thing we would tell them is, go pray. Go enjoy a moment with the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That's the first thing we're telling them. We're not telling them, you know what? In our church, you got to do all these things. You got to become a leader. No, we tell them, hey, enjoy Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Get to know who you are in Christ. And after you know who you are in Christ, now you can be used by God. Now you can lead. And that's why in our church, there's so many young adults, adults, and youth that wants to lead, and people that come out of nowhere and say, I want to lead. Why? Because we keep telling them, it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus in you. It has nothing to do with you. When something goes south and it's not working, don't worry, because Jesus is with you, and he's going to help you. He's going to help you find the answer. You know, it's, it's so good when you can pray about something and forget about that thing. Now, it's horrible when you pray and you're anxious because you can never relax and just trust in Jesus. You know, it is amazing to be able to be here today, do all these things, enjoy church with you. You know, you're praising God and you are not anxious and suffering. Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? Oh my gosh, I have hurt so many people. Oh my gosh, I have done so many things. No, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, it's Christ in us is the glory of God. And as soon as you believe and you understand these truths, now you can be used by God. Now you can walk in freedom. Now you can enjoy the life that Paul is trying to portray for us here. Amen, church. Walk in the Spirit. The only way to live in complete freedom is to walk in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Every born-again believer has received the, the Holy Spirit in their human spirit. Our spirit now is joined, is mixed with the Spirit of God in a way that can no longer be separated. 
Amen. You have been joined with the Lord. You cannot separate your spirit from the spirit of God. Now it's all one thing. You are with God. Look what Paul says in Galatians 5.16. Walk in the spirit and you will never satisfy the lust. Let me, let me read yours. Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Can, can you read that again? Just read it you by yourself. Don't, don't say anything. Walk by the spirit and you will, know, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So it's Paul saying, fix your flesh, get better so you can get baptized. Fix your flesh, get better so you can be a good husband. Paul is saying, stop sinning, sir. Stop sinning, woman. Stop behaving wrong. Stop speaking to your husband this way. Stop speaking to your wife this way. You know, change your attitude so now you can walk in the spirit. That's how some people, well, people come to me saying, sorry, pastor, I cannot get baptized because I have so many wrong things in me. And I tell them, man, stop trying to fix yourself to get baptized. Get baptized, walk in the spirit, and your flesh will be fixed. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh anymore. Because you walk in the spirit, because you pray, because you have a relationship with God, because you speak to him and he speaks to you, because you listen to him, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh anymore. It's not saying, because I stopped gratifying the desires of the flesh, because I stopped doing all these wrong things and messed up things, now I can walk in the spirit, glory to God. It's saying, walk in the spirit, and therefore you no longer walk by the flesh. Amen, church. Can you understand this this morning? Can you just grasp, you know, this revelation? Just say, God. So what I have to do now is not trying to change myself every single day. And every day you got to go and change yourself. And every day, you know what? I feel like this is some people that they go home and they have to remind themselves every single day, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to do this today. You know what? Some, some of the youth, they come and talk to me and they say, you know, pastor, I have sinned, I have done all these things, I went out with the wrong girl, with the wrong guy, and we have done all these things, and you know what I'm talking about already, and they're all single, and they're all fearful, they're all afraid, they feel condemnation, and the first thing I ask them, hey, you know what, I understand what's happening, you know, don't worry, God forgave you, but now, how can, what can I do to help you? And they'll say so many things, pastor, you know, just call me, just text me, just ask me if I have done again, you know, pastor, let me, let me call you when I feel tempted, pastor, you know, just keep texting me every single day so I can walk in the spirit. And I tell them, look, I could, I could try that, but that's not going to help. That's another law we are creating. Let's do this thing. Pray every morning for about five minutes. Before you go to sleep, read one, one page of your Bible. You know, before you go, just read the, the verse of the day if, if you cannot read yet. Just read the verse of the day. Just, just get a book for you to read. And I send them books. I, I have, you know, these amazing books that will help them. And when I ask them these questions, how, are, how is your prayer life? How is your relationship with God? They will say, you know what, Pastor, I haven't prayed in four months. I haven't read my Bible in two months. I haven't spent time with Jesus in five months. You know, I don't know, I don't know the last time that I really prayed. I don't know the last time I came to worship. Like, I don't know the last time I came to church service. And I tell them, look, the problem is not in the flesh. The problem is that you are not walking in the spirit. The problem is not that you are not walking with God. And now, can I tell you something? When I go home, before, after service and before service, I'm home. I got to go to the closet and I got to pick my clothes I never think, oh my gosh, I'm going to pick my wife's dress today. Oh my gosh, I'm going to wear her makeup. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never thinking, telling myself, I should not wear my wife's clothes. 
No, I go and, and wear my clothes. When I go to a restaurant, there is a, a restroom for, for women and a, one for men. I'm never doubting which one should I go today. Oh, you know what? I, I, I'm a man. I got to go to the men's restroom. Oh, you know what? Tulio, don't forget you cannot go in the girls' restroom. I'm not telling myself that every day. I'm not, I'm not telling myself which clothes to wear. You know why? Because I know that I am a man. I know what I should wear. And now when I'm the spirit and I know I'm righteous, I know I'm like Christ, I know I'm loved by Christ, I don't keep telling myself every day I'm righteous. Oh my gosh, I'm righteous, I'm righteous, I'm righteous. I cannot look, oh my gosh, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm holy, I cannot do this, I cannot walk with those people. No, it's natural. It's, it flows through me because I know who I am, because I know I'm righteous. So church, the problem is not the flesh. The problem is that you do not know who you are yet. The problem is that you don't spend enough time with Jesus knowing who you are in order to walk in who you're supposed to be. Amen, church. You understand that? Stop telling yourself every day, oh my gosh, I got to be better. I got to be holy. I got to be better. No, that's not the life that God has for you. That's also crazy. That's not what God has for you. He wants you to believe in order to behave don't try to be, change your behavior so now you can please God. Believe in God. Believe in Christ. Believe in who you are. And you're going to start walking as, as how he called you to be. Paul had already asked Galatians, the Galatians, Galatians 3.2. Look what Paul tells them. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Paul was showing that they had received the Holy Spirit when they believed by faith. And then in verse 3, he goes on to saying, having, Are you so foolish that having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You know, that's what I'm trying to tell you today. You know, stop trying to fix yourself. Stop trying to be perfected by the flesh. Stop trying to, to, to you know, gratify the desires of the flesh by the flesh you should never try to fix flesh with flesh walk in the spirit and you will experience this freedom that Christ has for you now you need to understand that also walking in the law leads to walking in the flesh because some, sometimes you might think that walking by the flesh is just doing wrong things and sinning and all these things. But also trying to fulfill the law by yourself will lead you to walk in the flesh. If we try to, to keep the law by us, by our own effort, in the things that we can do and trying to please God, we will fall again in the flesh. There are no formulas. Some of us, we are looking for formulas. Some of us... We're looking for a way out, saying, you know what, Pastor? Just tell me the five steps that I got to take in order to not struggle with this sin anymore. Just tell me the, the three things I got to do to become a better husband. There is no three things. There is no five steps. There is no ten steps of how to be an awesome husband. There is only one way. You know what is the only way? Walking in the Spirit. That's the only way. Do you want to be who God called you to be? Walk in the Spirit. Do you want to be who God called you to be? Walk in the Spirit. Do you want to be a better husband, a better wife, a better children to your parents, a better whatever boss? Walk in the Spirit. I can guarantee that will be a great change. But you know what? It's hard to walk in the Spirit sometimes because we just, I don't know, you don't feel like, you don't want to, or maybe you think it's too much time investing on that. You know, half of the problems of your life would be gone if you just walk in the Spirit. 
Half of the excuses that you have not to pray. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, my gosh, I got to work so much. Oh, my gosh, I don't have time to read for five minutes. You would have a better job if you just walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit would, would tell you where to go, what to do much faster. You know, the problem is that we come to God every day and we talk a lot, but we never listen to Him. If you just listen for a moment, I can guarantee to you He'll give you answers for things that you never thought you had questions about. He'll give you directions that you never imagined you needed. He'll just tell you, you know what, instead of going that way, just go there today. And as soon as you do that, an opportunity shows up. An open door follows you. And you're just like, what? How did this just happen? I can guarantee to you, I know a lot of men of God, women of God, and they're great men of God. They have a lot of things to do, but they don't give excuses not to spend time with Jesus. Like, it's surprising how the greatest men of God I know they spend way more time with Jesus than the most people I know. So that tells you something. That tells me something. So that means that spending time with Jesus and walking in the Spirit can also affect all the areas of my life that I always tell God that I don't have time to because I have to do those things. Wow, if I just focus in Him for a moment. So how do I walk in the Spirit? Jesus will tell you a way, and then Paul will keep telling us as well. Jesus says in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So watch and pray. What do you have to do? You have to watch and pray. You know, you got to spend some time with Jesus. You know, you know, it's funny that couples will come to us, you know, uh, mainly to pastor, I know, as, as married couples. But some couples will come to me and they will say, you know, we're struggling. We're not having a good marriage. I'll just ask them. Do you guys spend time together just like talking, like over dinner, like at least twice, three times a week, at least once a month? Oh, no, I don't want to spend time with this woman anymore. I don't want to spend time with this man anymore. I don't know. We don't talk. We just, we just, we just live together. We're just roommates. I'm sorry, but if you don't watch and pray and, and spend time together, you fall into temptation. This marriage will not go any far. This marriage will not work. This relationship will not work. Christian life is abiding in the spirit. You know, it's, it's really crazy because it's just one thing that I keep saying for the past 25 minutes is walking the Spirit. But some of us will leave here today as if nothing ever happened. But I hope that you leave here today realizing that the only thing that you need in your life today is to know more of Jesus. It's to walk more with Jesus. Now look, Colossians 4, 4 2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving so we we are pressing on the same subject ephesians 6 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication amen church you have to spend time with jesus in prayer only with a constant attitude of prayer we can walk in the spirit outside of the spirit there is no christian life look at this statement Outside of the life with the Spirit, there is no Christian life. If you call yourself Christian and you don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, you are not really a Christian. You're not living a Christian life. You need to understand this because God wants you to experience the best of Him. And this can only happen when you spend time with the Holy Spirit. The conflict between flesh and spirit, Galatians 5.17, let's keep reading. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. 
For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. There are two opposing forces fighting within us. They're called flesh and spirit. Amen, church. So there is two great wolves fighting inside of you every single day. And, and you put these two wolves to fight every day in your life. And now I come to you and ask you, who's going to win the fight? And the answer is the one that you feed. The other one is going to die no matter what. Even if, if there is no real fight between the two wolves, the other one will die. Because you only feed the one. So choose the wolf that you're going to fight. Are you going to feed your flesh? Are you going to feed your spirit? And I can guarantee the one that's going to win this fight is the one that you feed the most. Can I tell you why we don't win this fight? Because we keep feeding our flesh. We keep feeding our flesh with social media posts. We keep feeding our flesh with, with I don't know, I don't know what you do, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong place. You know, you keep feeding your flesh, doing all these things that, are in you, that belong to your old self. You don't belong to you anymore. You know, feed your spirit. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. You know, if you just spend time with the Holy Spirit, you won't need to try to fix your flesh anymore. Because what's going to happen is naturally, your spirit will overcome your flesh. Now, let's go to Galatians 5.19. It says like this. <clears throat> now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Next. Sorry. <laughs> Paul begins by saying, verse 19, that the works of the flesh are known. That is, they are quite obvious. So the works of the flesh, you can see them. They're noticeable. It's easy to know what they are. But I need you to understand this, that Paul is talking about works of the flesh. And the next thing that he says is the fruit of the Spirit. And you need to know this because some of us, we are living by our flesh and we're going to experience the works of the flesh. And I need you to understand the two words, works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. Can I tell you something? The only thing that you have to do to reap a fruit is sow a seed. But now works, you got to do something. You, you, you're trying to work out yourself. You're working, you know, you're trying to use your own efforts, your own strength, your own knowledge, wisdom to fix something. And that's you trying to fix you. And the result of these works will be these things that we see here. But now when we speak about fruit, we are not saying that you can do anything. The only thing that you can do to help a tree grow is to water it well and make sure it's well taken care you cannot manifest the fruits of the Spirit on your own. You know, you might say, you know what, Pastor? I, I was actually, I was kind to people. I was always kind. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was always very patient. You know, I could always do all these things that we're going to see in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the thing. How long did it last? <clears throat> you know, I have people come to me and say that they were kind. They were patient. But that patience would last a few days, a few hours. And they will run out of patience. They will run out of grace. They will run out, run out of love and kindness and just get angry again. You know, maybe you think that these virtues belong to you. I'm kind because I am kind. Can I tell you something? Your kindness will last real little when you have a few babies in your house. I'm telling the truth. I love my sons. I love them so much. 
But I ran out of kindness a few days ago, and I was just like, Jesus, help me right now. All the parents, they're laughing because they know it's true. You know, this, this too, they know it's true. They must run out of parents way often than I do. But here's the thing. This patience that you need to have now don't belong to you anymore. It's the patience that comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm patient. I'm gentle. I have self-control. Not because I'm trying to have self-control, but because the Holy Spirit himself manifests this reality in me. Amen. Now, look how the verse begins. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen, church. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So it's not saying fruits like some people like to read in plural. It's singular. It's saying the fruit of the Spirit is love. So if there is one fruit that you need to understand above all is love. It's singular. It's one single fruit. And the other things that follow, they are a result of love. So when you read this verse, just read the fruit of the Spirit is love. If you receive God's love, if you believe in God's love, you enjoy all the other things. Amen, church. So to have victory over flesh, you don't try on your own. You don't try to overcome the flesh by your own effort. Christian victory is effortless. You just believe. You just walk in the Spirit. You just, you just abide in Christ. And therefore, you experience victory. Amen. I want to read this verse to finish uh, this. I got to skip a few things here. Just a second. A lot of things. <laughs> Romans 8.2, it says like this. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. So how many laws do we read there? Two laws. Amen. You guys see that? Two laws. What is the first law? The law of the spirit. What is the second law? Law of sin and death. Amen. And here's what you need to understand. Let me illustrate this to you. The law of gravity is like the law of sin. It always pushes you down. Amen. So the law of gravity keeps you on earth. You know, it's pushing you down every moment. So if you try to jump, you are going to come down again because the law of gravity is trying to push you down. The law of gravity is what? The law of sin and death. Say law of sin and death. It equals law of gravity. So the law of gravity is always pushing the airplane down, but the airplane can fly. Why is it that the airplane can fly? Even though there is law of gravity, anyone can tell me. Huh? Because there is not the law. Amen. So there is the law of sin and death that's pushing the airplane down. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Chago, for this airplane. So the law of gravity is trying to push you down every single moment. You know, the law of sin and death is trying to push you down and destroy you. But the airplane can fly even though the law of gravity still exists. You know why? Because there is a greater law that is, that is, that, that is uh, empowering the airplane to fly. And we call this the law of, Philippe should know, but it calls, it, it's called the law of propulsion. Is that the way to say it? So the law of propulsion makes the airplane go up. When it's supposed to go down because the law of gravity still applies in it. But now it's flying. 
How is it possible that this thing is still flying? Because the law of proportion is the law of the Spirit. Even though the law of sin and death is still around and it's still powerful and it's still trying to put this down, it's not going down. Because the law of the Spirit is greater. It's more powerful. So we can still fly. So now, so now, thank you, see? It's a great illustration. So now, look, let me tell you something. What is the only thing that you can do to not go down? Let's be simple. Stay inside of the airplane. Try jumping off and flying. You won't be able to. You will go down again. And you know what that is? Is some people are here right now holding themselves to the airplane, maybe to a, to a piece of, uh, to a branch, you know, whatever. They're holding themselves, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here, I'm flying, I'm still flying. Man, one day you're going to run out of strength. Not even the strongest man on earth can hold themselves so for such a long time on an airplane. The airplane is, is flying and it's flying fast. You can just hold yourself to it as, as long as you run out of strength and it's going to be fast. So instead of trying to hold on to the airplane from the outside by yourself, stay in Christ Jesus. Be in Christ, inside of the airplane. And the airplane will fly around and all that you do is be in Christ. So all that you have to do today to, exp to, to experience this freedom, to live life of the Holy Spirit, to live this life of freedom, the life that God has for you is to be in Christ. Now, the final verse so you understand this, John 15 says like this, sorry, that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches of the vine. As a branch of the vine, I don't have to make any effort to possess the nature of the vine, nor do I have to make an effort to bear fruit. Because if I am on the vine, the grapes will naturally grow in me because I am a branch. Hallelujah, church. So John 15 is saying, be on the vine. You are connected to the vine. And when you're connected to the vine, the life of Jesus, when you abide in Christ, the life of Jesus will flow through you and there will be fruit, will be fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So all that you have to do today is, is stay on the airplane. Is stay inside. Is stay connected to the church. Is stay connected to the Holy Spirit. And I can guarantee to you that you will experience a life of freedom. Can you stand up?